0: So, welcome back to Lock It or Leave It. Joining us is FSU Great and current Utah Jazz guard Trent Forrest. We'll be talking about BGU, Big Guard University, game winners, body bags in the 2021 2022 NBA season. So, don't go anywhere because when we get back, you'll be hearing from FSU Great and current NBA player Trent Forrest. So welcome back, and as always, I'm your host, Jay, and joining me is my other host, Cam. Cam, how you doing, man? Spring semester.
1: What's up, Jay? Yeah, happy to be back. was going a little stir-crazy, locked in my house with my family, so, you know, just happy to be back in Tallahassee, and uh, ready to get after it for this last semester, so uh, let's get into this.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and then we have AC. We saw that the whole AB thing happened to your team, but TB still got that long drive at the end of the game, get you the dub. How you feeling this week, man? Listen, I tweeted
2: uh, right when the Jets went for that fourth down. I said, no way they get this. They just gave us the game. Tom Brady's not going to lose this. And he didn't. He followed through. You know, AB's out. Godwin's out. Evans has been dealing with some issues. And, you know, Brady steps up. He does it again. It's been awesome to see. Great year to be a Bucs fan. uh, Not falling victim to the curse of the, the reigning champion. So, can't wait to see how that goes, but also uh, very happy to be back for spring semester, go to some sporting events this year, have some good time. So let's get into this episode.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Then last but not least, we have FSU, former FSU guard, current jazz player Trent Forrest. Man, thanks for hopping on and joining us today.
3: Yeah, no, I appreciate you guys for sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So we just hop right into this, man. And I want to start off by talking about one of my favorite memories from being a student was when my third eye was opened and I was introduced to sports gambling. I thought I knew a lot of basketball and I thought I knew more than the average couch analyst. So I started to put money where my mouth was. And first week five team parlay, I made money. I'm on top <laughs> of the world. So as any sane person would do, we doubled down. We went harder the next week and for the non cheese makers, the guys that don't bet out there parlays are a roller coaster because once it gets down to the last two legs, the nerves start kicking in, anything can happen. The last leg of my second parlay ever was FSU at Notre Dame in 2020. Shout out Chad, who went to battle with me. You we were down nine and going into the second half against the unranked Fighting Irish and made a huge comeback capped off by your game-winning putback layup. So we made money that night. You guys won, everybody was happy. How much of that game can you recall for us and can you take us through your mindset during crunch time of that one?
3: Yeah, nah, that game, it was crazy. Um... I mean, they came out, and, I mean, we were kind of lackadaisical the first half. Um, They were up, and it was crazy because I think that was the first time we had ever won in uh, Notre Dame, I think, in the last, like, four or five years. Um, So we knew it was going to be tough, and kind of going into halftime, we were, like, just kind of keep doing what we were doing. Then coming out, we still kind of started off slow the second half, but then I think MJ, he went on, like, probably a 10-0 run by himself at one point. And he kind of cut it back close, like to within one or two. And then um, we got down to like the last minute and somehow we got, we got the ball for like the last shot. And when I got it, I started smiling at the guy in front of me. Um, you can like ask CY, anybody there to tell you that um, I started smiling because I knew it was going to win once we got the ball back. And then um, I was just able to get to the rack. I missed it and luckily kind of just was able to follow it back up, and we won the game. So, now that game was crazy. (laughs) So, whenever we have one of your teammates or former coaches on,
1: and personally, if I'm being honest, my favorite moment that I've ever witnessed in the tuck was the time that you put Jordan Noir in a body bag in the tuck. (laughs) CY even went so far to say, that you dunked on him so hard you dunked him into the second round. <laughs> we're going to put together a montage of everybody's reactions for the post and post it on all of our social media, but you were the guy that actually did the crime. Give us a play-by-play of what led up to that
3: dunk and what was going through your head. Yeah. Um. So that play, they ended up uh, pressing us um, and our, our press break, not saying it, we got to the wrong positions, but Somehow MJ got it in, like he was the person that got the ball to begin with. Um, And he was kind of like in front of me on the same side. And then he ended up going towards like the middle of the court. And I just stayed where I was because everybody was going to shift kind of to that side of the court to kind of cut everything off. And I didn't even know he had seen me, which was the crazy thing, because I kind of had stopped for a second just to kind of see what was going to happen. And when he threw it, I kind of took off a little more so I could catch up. And the whole time, I didn't even see no war coming from the other side. So the whole time, I'm like, I'm probably just going to lay it up or something. And then uh, once I got to probably about the free throw line is when I had finally saw him. And I kind of seen how fast he was going. So at that point, it was like, I either got to try to dunk it or get the foul. So um, I, I like that was what was crazy about it is because I didn't see him until like the last second. And then once I dunked it, I kind of took a second because I had to realize like what had just happened. And then that's when everybody just got lit after that yeah you can always tell how good a play
0: is based off the bench's reaction and the bench mob <laughs> was going crazy we had malik on and malik was talking about when he had a uh poster dunk too i think it was on jj trainer and louisville also at this point louisville we're just your dad at this point man,
3: so.
0: <laughs> Malik was going to the basket and he said once i got that one two step you know once you get the one two and you, um. and you you come up, he said, I knew it was over. Did you get feel that same thing? You hit that one-two and you were like, there's no way you're going to block this shot.
3: Yeah, it wasn't even like that I knew he was going to block it, but it was just like, once I took my, my one-two, like, I mean, you just know kind of once you gather your steps, you know if you can dunk it or not. So that's kind of what's my mindset. And especially once I seen him at the last second, it was like, I got to try to punch it at least. And then if not, I mean, I probably would have got fouled or something. So it's like, you got to try regardless. <laughs> so one thing FSU
2: is really known for in basketball is protecting our home court of the tuck. Now we talk a lot about the highs, but we also got to talk about the lows a little bit. So we hosted Duke with their freshman big three. They had Zion, RJ, and Cam Reddish. It was number one versus number 13 in the tuck. The place was rocking. It came down to the last shot. We are about ready to storm the court, but unfortunately Cam Reddish drained mm-hmm. it. The place went totally quiet. But that game was nationally televised, and Duke was a talk of the league that year. Every national news network was talking about them and Zion and the rest of their guys. But we were a great team that year also. And yeah. Even though we lost, the world kind of saw that, wow, this FSU team is legit. So can you take us through that matchup with their backcourt and how the game plan went?
3: Yeah. Um, no, nah, that, that game was crazy too. Um, but going into it, I mean, we kind of obviously knew what the story was kind of going to be, Zion, Cam, Um, and RJ. And for us, our main thing was honestly trying to stop Zion more than it was kind of RJ and Cam. Like we knew they were going to kind of get out and transition stuff like that. But the game plan was kind of focused around Zion. Um, And like you said, we were were locked in the whole game. Obviously it was going back and forth basically um, up until the last second. And then once we got to that, uh, like that last 15 seconds or however long it was, we had, came, they came out and we were in a certain defense and then Coach K called a timeout because he seen what we were in. And so we stayed in it instead of probably, I mean, not saying we should have made an adjustment because the defense we run when people take it out of bounds under is, we get like a lot of steals out of it. So we stayed in it. Um, and somehow we ended up getting confused. And I think me and Fiondu ended up going to, I think Marquise Bolden under the goal and Cam Reddish, that's when he was open um, at the top of the key. And it was crazy. As soon as he shot it, it just, from, our, from my perspective, it just looked like the ball was in the air for so long. And it was just like, oh, man, I hope this shit don't go in. And then obviously it went in. So, um, nah, it was, I felt like the longest, from the time he shot it till it got to the rim, felt like the longest probably two or three seconds ever but no, nah, it was crazy how that ended up happening.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I always kind of make the comparison talking about coaching, about how I think, if you ever seen the movie Goodfellas, that Coach Ham is kind of like Polly. You know, he's kind of like the overseer. He's more stoic. He's kind of, you know, just kind of just sits in the back a little bit. And you got CY, kind of like Jimmy. He's out in the field, you know, with the young guns. And he's, he's yeah. doing all type of stuff. So uh, my question to you would be, for future recruits, who are looking to further their basketball careers. Can you give them a pitch for why they should choose FSU over other major basketball programs uh, in the country?
3: Yeah, um, it's a lot of reasons. Um, Like, as you can see, you're going to develop and eventually get to where you want to be, which is, I mean, to the league, that was kind of all of our dreams. That's in the league now, me, Terrence, Devin, Pat, Scotty. I mean... The list kind of goes on and on. So they're going to develop you and get you to where you want to go um, on the court. But even off the court, they're going to develop you for life and life after basketball. So um, that's probably the two biggest things I would say is like you'll be ready for the for the real world and for for the basketball world um, after you leave Florida State. So um, I mean, that's probably my two biggest pitches. And it's like you said, like on the court, you're gonna get CY, Coach Jones, Coach Smith, like they're gonna be hands-on, they're gonna be on the court with you, working you out. And Coach Ham is more, like you said, he's like the overseer. I kind of think of him like a father, like your grandfather, like they're not gonna to be too overbearing, but like his certain stuff you know that they're serious about. So um that's kind of how I always looked at Coach Ham. And you know he's always gonna be there for you, type thing. So I mean, those are the biggest reason. And I mean, you can come to Florida, plan the best conference. I mean, we got probably one of the best schools all around athletically. So you're going to be around a lot of great athletes too. So um, I mean, yeah, that's what will be my pitch for sure.
0: Yeah. One quick question before we take a quick break is we saw... Solve- clip of uh, CY breaking down Sadari, who is a, now a former i mean, former FSU guard, now he's a Texas Tech Raider. We saw him breaking down, get him with a little, ah, shimmy, go to the basket. Can you talk about CY? Does he still have it? Does CY still got it?
3: Nah, CY definitely still has it. Um, Like, when you're working out with him, he'll get, like, sometimes too animated. He'll start doing some of the drills and demonstrating for you, and you can tell kind of, like, that he still plays a little bit, and they even play like some of the uh, athletic department. Some of our coaches, they'll play noon ball over at the practice facility and see why they'll be there in there cooking everybody, talking trash. So now nah, he, he definitely still got it.
1: <laughs> yeah, Justin says see why I still's got that strap. Whenever he plays them, he's always out there
3: shooting the lights out. <laughs> nah, he he definitely still got that. Sometimes when I was even there, he would hit like 10, 11 in a row, sometimes more than that, like just walk on the court, like knock 10 straight out in a row, which is crazy. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back to talk about Trent's
0: transition to the NBA. We'll be right back.
1: So one of CY's regrets basketball wise was how the COVID season affected your draft outcome. If you would have had the opportunity to go to the combine and some of these pro days, some of these NBA teams could have seen what you could do on the court, things could have gone differently. You ended up signing a two-way deal with the Utah Jazz, playing well enough in the G League and the Summer League to earn a roster spot. And last week you had your first official career start for the Jazz while also getting minutes in the playoffs last season. How different is the college game from the NBA? And can you take us through what that playoffs atmosphere felt like in Utah?
3: Yeah, um, it's it's a somewhat of a big difference from the, uh, college game. Um, I feel like a lot for the Florida state guys, it's easy because we kind of run the same system that they run in the NBA with like pick and roll stuff like that. Um, but obviously I would say the talent is talent is definitely different. Like it's literally everybody is good. Like everybody can, can hoop at that level. And I mean, it's like, not saying you can't really like help off or guard nobody or anything like that, but it's like, at the end of the day, all these guys are NBA players and pros. So it's like, they're they're doing this for a reason. So it's not like college where like you might game plan and there's some people on the team, like you might not even like probably guard or something like that, but it's not like that in the NBA. Um, Then I would say there's more space um, obviously with the three point line being a little further back and no defensive of three seconds, you don't really have to worry about like teams like Virginia or things like that, that kind of just sit in the paint and wait for you to come to them. So um, that's another difference. And like, it really is a grown man's league. Like even my first year, I think I was 20, 21 or 22, but I mean, you coming in and you playing against guys that's like full grown men that got families and wife and kids at home. Um so I would say that's another difference too. Um but the playoffs uh, last year was crazy. Uh like the atmosphere in Utah, Utah is probably the closest thing in the NBA that you can kind of get to like a college atmosphere with just how how crazy the fans are. And I mean last year we didn't have a like full capacity throughout the whole year, but I mean, every time that people could come to the game, it was always packed out. Um, and then especially once the playoffs came, it was literally sold out every game. Um, so the atmosphere out there is probably the closest thing. Like I said, you'll get to like a college atmosphere. Uh, so it was crazy just what, how intense it is. Um, and you can tell like from the regular season to the playoffs is two totally different things. like kind of through the regular season, you you just kind of get through it. And then once the playoffs hit, it's like a totally different season. Um, like everybody is locked in. Each team knows basically everybody's plays. So um, you really have to be locked in. So I would say that's kind of how the playoffs is or how it was for me, at least last year. So Jay and I are actually on the null zone executive board. So we
1: sit front row behind the other teams, opposing teams bench and are just in there, especially Jay. He's yeah. he's probably more a little more vocal than me. He's out there chirping them the entire time. But how does that, how does the Utah atmosphere compare to the, the energy in the tuck back in the 2019, 2020 undefeated season?
3: Yeah. Um out there, it's, it's really close. Um it's a little difference because like. In Utah, they kind of get loud in spurts. Um, So it's like, we might go on a run and they'll be loud kind of the whole run. And then if the other team scores, it'll kind of die down for a little bit. Whereas like there, when we were playing there, y'all were up the whole game. Like it didn't matter what was kind of going on. Like even the games like that, we might've been losing. Like y'all were still lit, still cheering. Um, So I would say that's probably the biggest difference compared to kind of how it was when i was there and then how it is now yeah terrence man said that he would when he'd be playing he'd look up on the scoreboard and talk and be
1: down 14 he's like ah oh, this don't matter we're still gonna win it doesn't yeah. as long as the fans are there
3: we're not gonna lose yeah no nah, that's facts like it would be like times we might be down more than that but like, at the end of the day, we knew at some point y'all were kind of going to get behind us, and that's what was kind of going to turn us up to uh, start p- kind of getting back right. So and I, that's definitely a true story. We would be down a lot of times, but we would kind of just not say wait on y'all, but we knew at some point, like, y'all were going to bring the energy that we needed to kind of get back right. That's That's definitely a true story. So talking a little bit more about the Jazz, you guys are currently first
2: in points per game on offense true shooting percentage and second in points differential you guys are a ball screen heavy team run a lot of shooters spread out across the three point line we're seeing more and more uh in the nba the more data we get three point shot is the best most efficient way to score the ball so how much does your team focus on shooting specifically the three point attempt
3: um a lot but i wouldn't even say it's just our team it's just kind of where the nba is going in general um i mean yeah we we do get a lot of them up so I mean, it is a lot of emphasis on it here, but I mean, I would, like I said, in general, just the NBA overall, that's kind of where the analytics and everything is kind of pushing the game towards is they want you to get up as many threes as possible. But for us, I mean, it works out because like you said, we have four 40% shooters spread out across the court with uh, big Rudy or Hassan at the rim. So it's like, you really have to pick what you what you want to do. If you come help, we can spray you from three. If you want to take away our shooters, we either going to lay it up or Rudy is going to get a lob or a dunk. So, um, I mean, it's it's really crazy to think that this is what the game has come to, come to but um, it's like kind of, I mean, a big part of it is credited to Steph, kind of just what he's been doing. Um, so, I mean, he's definitely like, probably one of the most influential people in the game probably that it'll ever see um so it's it's crazy to think like our team here one of our things is like we want to try to get up at least 53s a game like our coaches tell us to shoot 53s that's how much they want us to get them up so no nah, it's crazy how, how it's kind of changing to that so utah is currently sitting pretty comfortably the third seed in the west
2: which means you guys are going to host a playoff series this year if that holds when I watch jazz games, one thing that keeps coming to mind is just the word growth. Now, your roster is comprised of a lot of individuals who weren't super well-known guys or big-time prospects might feel like they have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. Someone like Joe Ingles or Boyan or Jordan Clarkson, maybe even Donovan Mitchell, who last night dropped the dude off. He had the man playing Twister. He said, right hand, red, left foot, green. <laughs> but how have vets like these helped your game and really shown you the way in the NBA?
3: Now nah, they helped me so much. Um, like last year... I learned a lot just from kind of just watching those guys, like even though I wasn't playing as much, like just watching in practice and watching the games. I mean, I probably could name one thing that I learned from each player on our team last year. And like, even over the summer, I was able to work out with Don and Royce. So, I mean, I obviously got to see those guys, but like just from the different pace that they play with, how they see certain plays, how they react when teams do certain things to them. So it's just crazy to see. And it's, it's kind of like I said earlier, it's a reason that these guys are pros. Like you might come in practice one day and say Joe or somebody is shooting and they might like, it's honestly just looking like they're not even like trying, but they're shooting, making like 15 in a row before they miss one. And it's like, like this is their job. Like this is what they do. Like it's really routine. And like, it, if y'all came in there and watched, It'd be like he's not even like trying, but it just gets to that point where it's like it, it's just that easy, kind of. So that's kind of what I would say is the biggest thing I learned is just kind of how they work. Um, like I said, just different things about the game too. So, yes.
0: sorry, real quick. With all due respect to Jordan Clarkson, I feel like when he was on the Lakers, he didn't have any. He didn't have the sleeves. He didn't have the stuff. I feel like when he went, went to the Jazz, he got the hundred thou VC. Yeah got the sleeves on and got the, got the braids yeah. going. And he's a bucket, man. I watch these 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 workout videos that are on Twitter and on like Overtime. Clarkson's a bucket. Can you talk about like maybe one-on-ones or something with JC? Yeah. Because dude, whenever I see him play, he's just a walking
3: bucket, man. Yeah, nah, JC is cold. He is cold. He's probably one of the best like one-on-one players I have probably ever done seen. Um, and that's, that's how he plays the game. And that's how we want him to play here. So it's perfect for him. Um, but I think for me, it's like, I can tell, you can tell kind of that he's, if you watch the way he's playing, kind of how he moves that he was there when Kobe was there. Um, like a lot, if you watch like some of his footwork stuff, like the next time we play, if you watch him, like when he gets to the paint, with fakes and all type of stuff. If you watch his footwork, you can tell that he kind of like worked with Kobe and it's crazy because he'll tell us stories. But I mean, I played him one-on-one and we just played like the mid post areas, like four spots. And like, I I held my own, but it's like, sometimes there's nothing you can do because his footwork is so good. He got so many moves. So it's like, you can't guard all the moves. You might guard one, but then he has, he's going to have a counter to that. So. He, he's, he's, uh, cool. he's shifty. He has like a kind of like fake hezzy, half, half yeah. hezzy
0: step back, and then he goes into the three. I don't know, man. Cam.
1: Yeah, I love using the jazz in 2K. I cause lots of problems with Jay. Yeah. Not even Donovan
0: Mitchell. <laughs> Joe Ingles is a
1: bucket. bucket. That guy is unbelievable. And he's caused lots of lots of headaches for Jay in that in that
3: game. <laughs> <laughs> now nah, we like our team is crazy. Like with the amount of guys we got, like it kind of remind me of Florida State, honestly. It's like at any point, anybody, it could be anybody's night on any game. Like, And that's how it kind of is here. Like, okay, Dom might not be hitting, but you got two men that's coming off the bench that were candidates for six men of the year. So that's two more people you got a game plan that can go off for probably 20 on any given night. You got Boyan who can go for 20 any given night. Mike Conley still probably to me, one of the best point guards in the league can go for 20 any night. So it's like, well, you really have to, like, pick what you want to do with us because, I mean, we can hurt you in so many ways. Yes, yeah, so
2: last season was your rookie year. Uh, what kind of, like, rookie duties did they make you do with Elijah Hughes?
3: Um, Unfiltered have,
0: a little bit. G- yeah, give us some good stories.
3: Yeah. Um, like, the, the most common one I had to do is if we had, like, a road trip, I would, have to, um, I would have to go to this cookie place and get like four boxes of cookies for the plane. Um, so that was kind of my main one. Elijah, he would have to get playing cards. Like he ended up going on Amazon and buying like a big old, like a bundle pack of probably like 80 or hundred cards um, for the plane. So they play cards, so he would have to do that. And then like together when we get on the road, Like, we would literally have to go put our bags up and then carry everybody's, like, recovery bag and drop it off to their rooms one by one. Um, And that's that's really, like, all we had to do. Like, it really wasn't nothing too crazy. Like, sometimes, probably the most crazy one I had is we got into somewhere at, like, probably, like, 1 or 2 in the morning. And then Rudy, he ended up calling me probably, like, 2.33 and was like, can you bring me my recovery bag? I'm like, bro, I'm about to lay down, go to sleep. Then I had to go all the way downstairs, go to the training room, find his bag, take it to him. So um, it really wasn't nothing too crazy. Like we had COVID too. So it was like, it was only so much we kind of like the rookies could do anyways.
0: Yeah, it's like a ride of passage. I remember seeing a uh, video of CP. It was, it was. I think it was rookie year. CP. He may have not even been in the league yet. It was him at a USA training camp with Braun, Melo, Gilbert Arenas, and they gave him all his bags. He got four duffel bags draped around, and Melo runs up. He throws on. He said, "Oh, he's a rookie. He got to get one too." So just a ride of passage. But talking about another rookie who's now a really good player in the NBA. Shout out to Terrence Mann who just recently had that go-ahead game winner against the Nets in Brooklyn. And we asked him what his welcome to the NBA moment was. And he said it was guarding James Harden and Dame, but due to him being around PG and Kawhi so much, it didn't phase him that much, you know? So the player doesn't even have to be an all-star caliber guy. I used to see an interview with Kyrie who said uh, Jose Calderon was his kryptonite back in the day. So we'll turn the question to you. Was there a moment early on where someone just busted your ass and you were like, damn,
3: I'm really in the league now? Nah, it, it kind of happened this year and last year. Um last year it was I was guarding CJ McCullough, and he had me. I was all over the place. <laughs> um, he he's kind of like JC two-way, he kind of he's real shifty and he has a lot of moves so um it was bad. Like he hit me with a pump fake. I jumped out of the play all type of stuff. So it was it was crazy. <laughs> and then a couple games ago, we played the Timberwolves and I hate to tell this story, but Patrick Beverly, he scored like three straight on me. And I'm like, bro, how can I stop this man? And it was like, first he got a catch and shoot three. And like, I was helping off. Cause I'm like, I right, like I'll be able to contest it. He hit it. Next play, come down, go to the paint. hit like a little Rondo. and I'm like, bro, come on. And then he goes to the paint again. And like shoot a little floater over me and Rudy. And I'm just like, bro, this it must just be his night tonight. But nah, it was I kinda had two so far. <laughs> yeah,
0: I feel like CJ and um and JC, I feel like those two players are really good at three dribbles or less. Because right. it's all head fakes, it's footwork, you know, stuff like that. And yeah. then going off what you said about Patrick Beverly, man have you been trash talked to that much in the leagues? I know Pat Bev's a trash talker. So is he scoring these on you Then running down saying like saying something over his, under his breath? Or is he just outrightly saying like, what's he, what's he talking about?
3: Nah, surprisingly when he did score, he didn't say nothing, which was kind of crazy. Like I didn't expect it. Like he didn't say too much, but um, nah, he's one guy, he's talking the whole game. Like, he don't care who it is, like, it don't matter, like, he's talking to, he even, like, he, I seen him literally talk to our coach, like, talking trash to him, this was last year when he was with the Clippers, and, um, I can't remember what happened, it was, like, a foul call or something, and they were in front of our bench, and he was, like, stop crying, y'all the number one seed, and I'm, like, I'm looking around, because I'm, I I don't know, so, I'm, like, bro, like, yeah nobody going to say nothing to him type thing. And they're just like, that's how he is. Like, that's how he just plays. So, nah, he's one guy that he talks the whole game. Yes. So, a lot of our listeners know
1: that I'm a big Chicago Bulls fan. And it seemed only as FSU fans knew what they were getting when they took Patrick Williams in the draft. Because a lot of people, a lot of analysts actually thought that was a reach. And we're seeing the Bulls are currently the number one seed in the East, being led by the King of the Fourth, DeMar DeRozan. Without a big piece in Patrick Williams. So see why when he came on our podcast, he liked to say how at FSU, you can't have a big ego. You We rely on a couple of good players who all do their job. We go 10 deep, we press the whole time, and we switch everything. You can't be a hero. You can't have a big ego because individual stats will suffer. So Pat didn't have gouty numbers in college, but how much potential did you see with him while he was at FSU?
3: Nah, from the first day Pat got on, got to campus, like we knew just from playing pickup and stuff with him, like how good he really was. Um and we were always telling, we like, bro, like you like really elite, like you are good, bro. And he like he's just that's his personality. Like he's so humble, like he'd just kind of brush it off or wouldn't even respond and be like, bro, I'm I'm not that good. Like he didn't even kind of see it in himself, but like literally all of us would be telling we like bro, like You like a top five pick, little like we were telling him this in June when he got there in the summer, like, bro, like you are special. And like we could see it in practice and workouts, but he never, like, like I said, it was just his personality. He was never one to kind of like, he wasn't going to brag about it or try to do too much. Like he was just kind of going, like CWAP said, he was just kind of going to do his job, get his rebounds, play in transition, stuff like that. So, um, Like, it's no surprise to me to know that Pat went number four in the draft. Like, I wasn't surprised at all. (laughs) Yeah, we love to shout out the Knowles
0: and the pros in this. And when we had Malik on, Malik said that Devin Vassell was the hardest guy he ever had to guard. So for you, who's the hardest person you've ever had to check in college and in the NBA? Ooh. In Take your college. time with it because I feel like there's a lot of there's yeah. a lot of potential you answers. Played
3: a lot of you
0: played a yeah. lot of hockey. yeah in, in you've college and that. in the
3: NBA man. Nah, in the in college this is probably going to be a surprising answer. With but Brian and gold is probably the toughest person I had to guard in my time at Florida State, especially like in pickup. Brian was a totally different person than how he played like when we played like as a team, but like in pickup and stuff, Brian could he could almost probably score all 10 or 12 by himself. And it would, like, it would be tough shots. Like he would be hitting faders in the corner, like all type of crazy stuff. So I would say at Florida State, it would definitely probably be him. Um, and the NBA, toughest player I probably had to guard. JC is, JC is definitely up there. CJ McCollum. Uh Don Don is up there from guarding him and practice. So Did you ever of, check DeRozan?
0: Cause I, you had a great game against the Spurs. Was it was it this season or a lot? You had a great game against the Spurs. Actually, DeMar, yeah. I think it was
3: DeMar it was on the Spurs. Yeah, no, nah, I didn't check him too much that game. Um I was on uh Murray that game, so I didn't really get to guard him a lot. Um I'm trying to think of other teams that we played. Um, probably Dame, just he—he he hits a lot of tough shots, um, and it's like there's nothing you can do about it. Like you might be there to contest, and it's like he just does that. So I probably say well, probably Dame or J. Honestly, JC. It's either Dame or JC. Probably the hardest two people I've been guarded.
1: Yeah, T Man said Dame also. He said he would be like, he was walking down the court and he sees Dame calling for the ISO against him. He's like, he's like, I'm just gonna stand here. I'm gonna lightly contest this, you know. because that, that's what he does out there. He's always always hitting them
3: tough shots. Nah, was, we just played them a couple games ago and I got in the same situation, which is crazy. Like he was coming down and like they were about to come set a screen and he was like, nah. So I'm literally like on an island by myself. Oh, he waved it off. Yeah, he was like, get out of there. And I'm like, bro, come on. But not, luckily, I got the stop, so I, I was kind of lit. Um, but he he went to the, the between-the-legs little sidestep that he does from three. So it's like, soon as he – it's kind of like what T said. Soon as he shot, that's kind of when I went to contest. I'm like, well, if I try to play hard defense, he just going to either go by me or get fouled. So luckily, he missed it, though. So I, I was kind of lit at that.
0: That's a great point. Um, the sidestep you just mentioned, we're seeing that a lot more, we're seeing more sidesteps and less step backs. Uh, yeah. Is that a thing, thing that trainers and NBA teams are actually like informing
3: players to do now? No, nah, it is. I mean, it's, it's a good shot. Um, I mean, it, it gets you separation and it still gives you a chance to, like I said, if I close out hard to you and you sidestep, if you don't shoot it, you still can dribble and go past me or, Whatever you kind of want to do at that point, so nah, it's a it's a great move, and I mean you definitely can tell a lot of trainers are starting to use it because there's so many players in the league using it. So
1: yeah, so we ask every guest this before we wrap this up. We're actually about to we're about to head to College Town right now because Florida State plays Wake Forest
3: at yeah, I'm seven. going on tap in too, actually.
1: Yeah, but what were some of your favorite spots in Tallahassee when you were here, as far as like nightlife or like some of <laughs> Some of the other restaurants, maybe, College Town.
3: Where, where did you spend all your time at when you were not when you were off the court? Uh, Restaurant-wise, we went to BJ's a lot. Um, but I, we were big brunch people. Well, me, Devin, Pat, Turk, MJ, we would go to, like, breakfast spots a lot. So we would be at the, the people at the Egg. They knew us there a lot. We would go to uh, – what's the spot by, um, by the Target on Tennessee? the breakfast place Kiki's. We went there a lot. Cafe, yeah. yeah. Uh, any, night, any nightlife action, nightlife, we, you Fridays, Saturdays, Baja's for me, Baja's probably, um, recess sometimes cause we stayed right next to recess my last year. Um, yeah, so, they're staying there right now. Yeah. So yeah. recess, uh, where else will we go? I know, I didn't really go to GBO too much because it was kind of new once I was getting ready to leave, Uh, where else? Township to watch games, football games, stuff like that. So we kind of got around a little bit to everywhere, honestly.
0: (laughs) So quick story before I start this sign off. I remember when I first got to FSU freshman year, I'm from North Carolina, man. I'm not used to like this Miami type shit, all that stuff. Going clubbing at like 17 years old. I go to house parties when I'm younger. Then I go to FSU, I go in the Bajas. I got khaki pants on, I got a polo. I, you know, I'm just, I'm not in the right place. I see a girl upside down and hanging from the top of the pole only with her thighs. She slide all the way down and stops six inches before her head hits the ground. She didn't use her hands at all. I was like, I just know I made the right decision, man. So that will wrap up the interview for today. Let's start these sign offs. Cam, thank you so much for hopping on with us today. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, another great interview. Thank you again, Trent. So keep interacting with us on social media, guys, especially we're we're dropping all of our picks on TikTok and we're going to start expanding them over our other social medias. Also, our main sponsorship prize picks right now, Utah Jazz play tomorrow against the Denver Nuggets. So if you want to get some of your player prop entries in for that, make sure you use our code LEAVE as you make your account and they'll match your initial deposit up to $100. So... David Mitchell over points maybe we'll see I'm locking it in so keep an eye out for the rest of our picks
0: yeah absolutely and then going to our other host Aaron Aaron thanks for coming on today Trent thank you so much for coming on with us I uh,
2: really appreciate it great interview a lot of fresh content I'm really excited to get this out follow us on Instagram and TikTok if you're listening and twitter as well at lock it or leave on twitter and instagram and at underscore lock it or leave it underscore on tiktok also check out our website uh, i just published two articles up there my cole anthony analysis piece and then a- another one about why the nba is shifting so heavily toward three-pointers in the past few years should have another one up uh secret topic i think you guys will like it though it'll come out soon so be on the lookout for that at lock or leave
0: yeah, also, big things coming. We finally got the shirts. They say new blood on the back. It has the basketball with the spear going through it. Lock it or leave it on the front. It's dope. The shirts will be done this week. Trent, we may have to throw you one. They're going to be fire. You may have to support one of them hoes. I'm telling you, they're fire. We're going to give them to some of the basketball team. Uh, just When you guys get it, you'll know why we made them because they're that nice. Just keep fucking with what we're doing, man. Show some support. Rate us, follow us, subscribe to us. It takes you guys 10 seconds, and it helps us out so much but without further ado like cam said fsu plays in 20 minutes we're boozing i've been boozing this whole time so we're gonna go to kush's we're gonna have some fun let's get it fsu is plus one and a half get your money and let's get some money we'll see y'all later peace